All right, kiddos, y'all are dismissed to Children's Church. And Lord willing, maybe in about a month or so, we will be dismissing them to the new children's wing. They won't have to go outside, cross the breezeway. We want to keep them safe in the facility and, and give them a, a, a better place to, to work. And I'm so thankful for all of the volunteers uh, that have gone, on, gone into that children's ministry, but also the volunteers and the help and the tools um, that are lent and given to help get this project done. I am looking forward to the day of that completion. It's coming soon. Also, I did not mention earlier, tonight is Impact. Our high school ministry will meet at 6 o'clock. So any of our high school students, uh, man, we we hope that you come. I'm grateful for Allie and for uh, uh, Lauren as uh, they're helping me lead in that ministry, also teaching Sunday school. Uh, But we will have another gathering meet every other Sunday. So looking forward to that gathering this morning. We will turn back now to... Our story in the book of Genesis, if you want to open up your own copy of God's Word at Genesis chapter 12, uh, the, the, the main text will be on the screen. We're going to go in a lot of different places this morning uh, as we look at this important message. For our guests, we are just really getting started going through uh, Genesis. Primarily, we're going to look at the patriarchs going from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through 50. Uh, it's going to, to be a, a, fun, a fun ride this morning as we look at the beginning with this man named Abram. His name became Abraham, father of many nations. Uh, the Apostle Paul called him the father of all who believe. Uh, and we're going to see just a real pathetic story about this guy. So, um, uh, but but it's, 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 uh, it's not all uh, a downer. Just imagine yourself... Uh, especially if you feel like you have some miles behind you in your w- walk with Christ, whether you're young in age or old in age, you know, it, you know, uh, we cl- Scripture is clear that your physical age doesn't determine your spiritual age. Uh, but just imagine in your infancy as a believer, or really beginning to walk with Christ, and and uh, the struggles and the and the failures that you have that maybe nobody knows, but just a few people. Just imagining the worst of it recorded in a book where billions of people will read it over, over you know, a couple millennia. You know, that, that's just got to make you feel good, right? Well, you can ask Abraham someday how that feels as you meet him in glory someday. But uh, God has an important message for us this morning, especially as we look at this topic. How do you respond to trials? And uh, it'll be a recurring theme about this issue with trials in Abraham's life and the patriarch's life because... I mean, that, that, that's what life is. Life is full of trials. There, you know, there, you're, you're in one of three places. I, I, I'm convinced of this. If you think you're not, you let me know and help set me straight. You're either uh, about to go through a major trial in your life, or you're right in the middle of a major trial in your life, or you're just now coming out of a major trial in your life, uh, and you'll repeat it again. Trials can be relational. Trials can be you know, financial uh, trials can be physical. You know, with pain, sickness, suffering. Uh, I mean, just just think about what a, what a trial is—something that challenges you and and you struggle in it. And it's it's kind of what life is about. You know, in fact, my my, my throat started tickling this morning. And you can ask Greg, our sound guy. I said, I'm mad about this. You know, I've been sick and had all this flu, and finally I got better. And here it is again. I feel a little tickle. I don't know what that is. Another trial coming. 
Sorry, Rachel, you probably got it too. So I think it's just allergies. I think it's just allergies. Uh, but how do you face trials? How, how do you respond to trials? Uh, this morning when we look in this text, uh, we're going to get a, 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 I hope, a, a, an accurate glimpse of how we should. But let's open in prayer, and then we'll go right into the text. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Father, to walk through trials as we look at Scripture, Father, that we should consider it all joy. But, Father, that requires your special intervention. Father, because, Lord, of ourselves, all alone, God, we don't want trials. Father, we don't want trouble. God, we want to do everything we can to escape it. Father, I just ask God as we, Lord, don't try to escape trials, but God, we try to be captured by you and who you are, Father, Lord, that we will learn to embrace the struggles that we find ourselves in, God. And Father, we might grow to the place of maturity where we ask for them, God, knowing the good work you are doing in us. But Father, for those that are struggling in trials now, Father, I pray you'd show them hope. Father, for those that are just getting out of them, Father, I pray, God, you will allow them to look back and give you glory for what you've accomplished. But for those that are facing them, God, prepare us for trials ahead. We love you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, the, the primary text we looked at as we began this series recently was, you know, the promises that God made to Abram with the Abrahamic covenant. It'll be, it'll be you know, formalized and made official in several chapters from now, but he made the initial promises, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, and as we see this first trial begin, we, we see Abraham, Abram, his name's Abram still now, just, just utterly and completely fell uh, these promises. He, he, he doesn't live in them, he doesn't remember them, he doesn't walk in faith with these promises. Uh, and he, he just walks into disaster. Um, several, a couple of years ago, I, I had a, a big plan. If you know me, I'm kind of a big idea, big plan guy, and sometimes they come off well, sometimes they don't even happen. But I had one of these ideas. Uh, I, I asked all of our deacons, what is their favorite scripture? Uh, and I was going to do a series over the, you know, the scriptures of our leaders, and I didn't get her done. Uh, but surprisingly, not too surprisingly, two of our deacons had the exact same scripture. Um, I, I won't tell you who they are. I'll, I'll, I'll let you figure it out. You can ask them. Uh, but uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, But if, if it doesn't uh, please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today which will you worship, the gods your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living? As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. And, and I was so thankful to hear that text is so near and dear to some of our leaders. You know, that, I mean, for me and my house, that's what we're going to focus on. That we're going to, I don't care what you do. I don't care the way of the world. I don't care about those around us or my family. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and that's a great text. And I think all of us probably aspire to that. I think every one of us really does. I mean, it, it's telling, it's telling us or in telling others around us that that uh, we can't do life without God. We have to have the Lord in our midst. We have to be in His midst, as a matter of fact. He's primary. And how do you do that? 
by remembering His promises, by, by, by not just claiming them, but actually walking in them and, and being faithful to what He's called us to do, but also faithful to who we are and, and, and making that the standard. And, and we're going to see, we're going to see clearly, I think, from Scripture that, that, you know, you know, we have to live out the good and the bad according to God's promises, period. If you take nothing else from this text and this sermon this morning, we have to live out the good and the bad in our life according to God's Word. And, and, and if we make that decision and we really dig in and focus on that, uh, man, we're going we're to see un, untold blessing. We're going to see God do things in our lives that wouldn't happen otherwise. And, and, and we'll see, though, the, the, the adverse effect of that this morning when we look at this text. Um, also, as we, we're fixing to read it, uh, Genesis 12, 10 through 20, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go back and unpack the first three verses, but um, we're going to see, I mean, three important promises that God made to Abraham that he just pretty much flung off. And, and, and you know, for whatever reason, in, in his immaturity uh, and his lack of, of faith as of yet, this father of all who believe, the man that's called a friend of God, before he's at that place, um, I still believe he, he desired, but he still fell. We see that he, you know, God promised to give him land. He promised to give him you know, blessings and curses to his friends and his adversaries. He, he said that you're going to be a blessing to others. And, and if Abram just would have you know, just remembered and, 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 and applied and walked in those promises, this story wouldn't even be recorded. But thankfully for us, it is recorded. So if you'll turn with me in your text to uh, Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 10. Uh, you know, the early part of 12, he, you know, he's left his family. He's, he's come into the land God called him to come into. He's left his family behind. He's taken everything with him, and he's come on uh, to Cana. He had a place to set up and worship, and it said he went and he, he journeyed into the Negev. That's just the southern portion of, of Cana. But then it says in verse 10, there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to stay there for a while because the famine in the land was severe. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, Look, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. They will kill me, but let you live. Please say, You're my sister, so it will go well for me because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. So the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abram well because of her. And Abram acquired flocks and herds, male and female donkeys, male and female slaves, and camels. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife Sarah. So Sarai, so Pharaoh sent for Abram and said, What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say, She's my sister, so that I took her as my wife? Now here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave his men orders about him, and they sent him away with his wife and all he had. Now, that's just not a great story uh, as, as we look up to maybe somebody we put on a pedestal, okay? Uh, and you've got to know, and sometimes we do that. We put people on pedestals, and I think that's a dangerous thing. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. We can have mentors and people we aspire to, but nobody, nobody is beyond 
uh, completely reproach. And, and Abram proves that here. Uh, he, he's got struggles in life. Uh, and uh, I think the first really important point from this text as we look at this, like, how do you get something great out of this, is trials. You have to expect trials no matter what. They are going to come. Difficulty is going to come and hit you upside the head. Uh, and, and, and I think it happens in a consistent way. But we need to embrace trials, and we need to put them in their proper place in our lives. We have to have the perspective to expect them. And then what is the plan? What is it that God is trying to accomplish? Because God does plan to accomplish things in trials. Uh, you know, we, 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 we see here that there's famine in the land. I mean, it said it was severe, the, the word famine. basically means hunger. There was hunger. There was, there, the land wasn't producing. It, Abram and his family and those that were in the land, they were starving. Egypt is always a place where people would go down to the south. It's further down to the south. More abundant source of, of water there. And, um, but, 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 it, but it's severe. And, and so... But, but the, the fact that, that this trial happened to Abram, all it meant is that there's going to be an opportunity for God to do something significant here. And, but but Abram, Abram missed all the significant things that could happen. Kind of like whenever, uh, you know, First Baptist Mason was getting really serious about inquiring about me coming. I got on Zillow and I looked at the houses in Mason, you know, four, uh, over four years ago. And, and I looked at the housing prices and I thought, man... God, you're going to do something cool here. I don't know what it's going to be. I didn't know you had a parsonage. So I'm thankful we had a parsonage, you know. But, but God, God, God had a plan in this. But, but Abram, um, he didn't embrace it. Scripture points clearly, and I'm going to just share two verses this morning, uh, the important place trials play in our life because some people don't want them. But here's what Scripture says in Romans chapter 5. Uh, verse 3 to 5, and not only that, but you also rejoice in our, we, we, but we also rejoice in our affliction because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God, God's love has not been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, because God's love has been poured out through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Trials, hardship, affliction, they do something in us to prepare us for what God has. But if we don't embrace them... <laughs> We don't get the benefit. We don't get the benefit. So this trial that Abram faces, there's something that God wants to do. There's temptation in these trials that they're going to produce something. Because there's something else too. Trials. Trials always produce temptation. Okay? Temptation to sin. We'll look at that at a text in a bit that I've said before. But when we go through trials... Um, you know, because of the fact that we are broken and that we love pleasure so much and we, we don't like pain very much, uh, though evidently God believes that we need it because we see it in the text, we want to escape it always. And, and then so the temptations come and, 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 and tempt us to escape it somehow. And often the way that we escape pain and trials is sinful, okay? Uh, and, you know, if we had open mic 
you know, here, we, we could share all of the ways that we try to escape pain and the way we try to escape trials. Um, and, you know, we don't have time for that. And plus, we don't want to do that. that we, we just want that between me and God, okay? But guys, guys, whenever we face trials, I, that, that, that's often a, a catalyst to sin. And we have to understand that God's got a way and a plan, not only for us to, uh, to, to know how to embrace trials and to, to follow his will, but also to help root out these sins in our lives that, 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 are, that are so um, offensive to him, but also harmful to us and others. And we, we need to learn how to embrace it. We see here in the text that, 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 that Abram, Abram commits two specific sins whenever this trial comes. And, and I also want to note this. We see how these sins, they, they, they actually compound, okay, when these trials come. The first, we'll, we'll, we'll give in to this temptation through this trial and we'll sin. And before you know it, you know, you're trying to cover it up and hide it so no one knows about it. And then another one happens and another one happens. I mean, we, we know that pattern. And we see it here pretty clearly. The, the famine comes. And the, the immediate response of, of Abram here is to pack up his stuff and get out of the land to go somewhere else. Now, that's, that, he sh- that wasn't the right response. Because, I mean, just, just, I mean, just a few verses before, he was away somewhere else, and God said, you go to where I'm going to show you. And I'm, I'm, get your, literally it says, pick yourself up and get out of this place to a place that I will show you. And he promised all this provision, all this blessing. And so the first initial infant, you know, toddler, you know, step of faith for, for Abram was to do that. And the first thing that comes about in his first trial in this land, what does he do? Oh, I guess God was wrong. Picked up his stuff and left. Okay? So he gets out of there. And then immediately as he shows up, he shows up in the land, the, the, the then the, the compounding effect of sin begins. And, and, and it seems so bizarre to me. I don't know if it sounds bizarre to you, but he shows up and, and uh, you know, a beautiful wife and, and shows up and, and immediately he wants to uh, say that this is his sister. And if you go back and look at the genealogy and, uh, you know, and, and, and who, who Abram's daddy was and his uncle was, there, there, it was kind of a half-truth because... You know, it's kind of like living in, in this part of the country. You know, the family tree doesn't fork all that much, you know. Uh, sorry if that's offensive to you, but I'm a part of it too, so I can say that. Uh, you know, it, there was a, you know, a, a relation there. But clearly, we also see something come out here in this in, real quickly. Uh, a- Abram's got a problem here. He, he's a liar, okay? He tells untruths. And, and because uh, of, of, of his... And, and, and it's an issue that God really wants to root out. And that's why it's exposed so well here. And we're going to see several verses from now, it's still there. And he does the exact same thing again. There's a pattern here that's going on. I don't know if you've ever seen patterns in your life in trials. Do you go back to the same sinful trough every time? Uh, and, and you don't ever break out of it, and you want to, but then again, it happens again. Well, we're going to see it here. And here's something else, too, that scares me to death when I think about myself being a father. Um, we see there's some generational problems that fought. Not, it's not just Abram, but then his son, and then his grandson. And then we go a little bit further down the road, and we see the rest of, of the family, and they have the same issue. It follows him because Abram doesn't really respond very quickly. Now, now praise God, eventually 
Abram, you know, gets a handle on this, and, and, and he faces this trial the appropriate way. Um, but here, here's what it is. When a trial comes, you got, you got two opportunities. Uh, every trial offers opportunities to either grow in your relationship to God or fall further away from Him. You have the opportunity to make a decision on what way you're going to go. I think Scripture's clear about that. So I just want to ask you right now, you know your trials and you know your struggles better than anybody else. I think clearly God here brought, allowed whatever, how this trial came about because he wanted to, to, to teach Abram how to be faithful to his promises. God said, I'm taking you to the land. God didn't want him to leave the land. God had given him a wife, okay? He didn't want him to, you know, uh, pimp his wife out, as somebody told me recently. It's a pretty good analogy. He didn't want that, you know? But they're, they're, through, through lying, there, there's these things that come out in Abram's life. What, what, what struggles come out in your life in trials? Maybe you're in the middle of one right now. What is it that God is trying to deal with you in? Because I, I think it's important that we identify those struggles and, and know them. And, and then we need to know how to respond. So, so we, we have the, you know, the, this clear idea that, that trials are important. They have a proper place. God uses them to reveal our struggle and our sin. And, 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 and he, he wants to, to take those, those trials that bring about temptations, and he wants us to respond in a way that will help him move in our lives to make us effective for him. So I want to ask you the question, how do you want to respond to trials and temptations? What is your desire? Because how you respond in them will show really what you want. I mentioned earlier about these men, how they had this, this same scripture, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, no matter what. It's really easy to have that banner that literally on the wall in your house or you know, in your truck somewhere or whatever, you know, on your phone, but how do you respond and, and, and I think that's, that's the main thing God's wanting to lead us to this morning. How are you going to respond in trials? Now, we see a great picture here of how not to respond, okay? It, it, it's very clear here um, that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not really complex. It's not deep. We don't have to dig into the language and the syntax of the Scripture here to understand exactly what it is. You know, he, you know, Abram, Abram was, was, un, was untruthful here, and, and, he, and it began to compound, and, and, and we understand um, all, of, all of these things. But, you know, you know, he didn't stop and do what he had done whenever he came to the land. You know, some, early on, I think we see a lot of immaturity here in Abram. I don't know if you sense immaturity in yourself or the people that you love and trying to help, but we see here. He came to the land, and, and he saw that it was going to be okay. And, he, and it says he went, he made an altar, and he worshiped the Lord. Oftentimes, we just, you know, just want to give praise and, and talk to God whenever things have finally gone well. But I want you to know God wants you to, to, to not just worship him on a temporary basis when you need him or when things are going well. He wants a continual relationship with you. He wants you to continually commune with him, live with him, not just temporarily. I mean, if the famine came in the land, and I think if he would have done this, it would have been recorded, okay? I really do. He didn't, it doesn't record that, that, that Abram built an altar, and he worshiped, and he prayed, and he called out to God, God, what do you want to do here? 
I mean, we see later on in the Old Testament, God would have, he would have provided, the ravens would have brought him bread. You know, he could have gotten water from a rock. There's so much that God could have supplied and wants to supply. If he would have been faithful to the promises that God said, I'm going to bring you into the land. I'm going to bless you there. I'm going to take care of you. But, but, but Abram said, nope. As soon as the first opportunity came to have a struggle, he wanted to pick things up and handle it himself instead of stand and respond and call out to God and ask for help and direction. How do you grab a hold of things and try to do it yourself? In America, you know, we're, we're good about that in, in America, you know, pretty masculine culture, you know. I mean, come on, I had, a, I had an AR-15 in church just a few weeks ago. You know, that's just who we are. Some of you, most of you thought it was great. I just made John nervous. Everybody thought it was awesome, you know. I know, I know, I know. You, you can't see the face expressions like I can't. I'm joking. I, I love my brother. But, you know, we were always about, you know, pulling up, you know, our boots, you know, with, you know by the bootstraps, you know, doing, doing it all by ourselves here. here here's a newsflash. Men... God does not want you to do everything all by yourself. He doesn't want you to handle all your problems all by yourself. That ain't the plan. Because here's the deal. If you do it all by yourself, I guarantee you, you might slide by once or twice, but you're going to fail, and it's going to hurt. God wants you to rely on him and the resources he's provided you to deal with with trials and temptation and sin. Uh, we, we see it very clearly here. We're going to get that here in just a second. Now, some of you might go back and read this text and say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. This was all part of the plan. Look here. Abram got rich off of this deceptive tactic here. Remember, he goes and it says that he, he said, well, you know, Sarah is not really, you know, she's not my wife, it's just my sister, brought her into the household, and it says that he, he, he became quite wealthy. They brought him all these assets and resources. And then whenever, evidently, I think what happened in Pharaoh's house, everyone got sick and, and there was all this disaster and plagues happening except Sarah. And maybe it was affecting everybody, but not Abram and his livestock. And it, you know, Pharaoh, it dawned on Pharaoh, whoa, what have I done? What have I brought in? What's brought this on? And he had, we don't know exactly how, but it, I think it, you know, he identified Abram is the problem. Truth came out. Maybe she said before they got married. Didn't say they were actually married here. Maybe she said, well, hey, I'm really married to that guy, okay? And it says, you know, Pharaoh just said, it, literally it says in the text, he said, get your stuff and get out. Now, it's actually repeating itself. That's what God said earlier. He said, get your stuff and get out. Again, it says kind of the same way here. Get your stuff and get out. And, and, and I, all indication is that, that Abram became a lot more wealthier through this. And you're thinking, well, wait a second, wait a minute now. Uh, how can this be such a bad deal? Well, I, I just want you to know that you know, he did get a lot more money. He got a lot more stuff. We're going to see in the very next chapter here that all that stuff and all that money became a curse. It caused him to have to have all this conflict with, it, with his nephew Lot. Okay, we're going to see later on he acquired all this stuff, and eventually he, he took another another woman to be his concubine to have a child with, and and that didn't turn out so well either. I mean, this it, it brought on struggle, and don't just believe me. The answer to your problems and your struggles is not more stuff and more money. It's not. It's knowing who God is and being the center of His will and living your life according to His promises. I don't care what your bank account is. I don't care what your, your debt ratio is. You need to know what your God ratio is, your response in faith. 
That's what you're going to be remembered by. And, 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 and that's what God, when God says good and faithful servant, he's not going to say, man, you tied so much. Good job. That building's got your name on it. Man, you accomplished something. That, that's, that's, that's not it. That's not it. So how, you know, how, how do you take these things into your own hands? Think about how you respond. And here's an alternative. Scripture um, gives us so many answers, and I think it gives us every single answer we need in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. Most of you know this. No temptation is common to you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, you will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Basically, God says these things come out with a purpose and intentionality, not to trip you, not to make you fall, not to make you stumble, but to work through what I want you to work through. And so how do you do it? And, and guys, um, the answers that I'm going to share with you are, are answers that I've shared so many times. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to show you some scripture. It's real simple, but uh, there, there's three things that I think should be our first response in trials when they come around. I mean, just, just if you can remember this, um, I mean, it's something that I practice and it's something that I still struggle to remember until, oh yeah, the pain gets so intense. Uh, it brings it back to mind. But um, James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Now, if any of you lack wisdom, uh, just, just raise your hand. Do you ever lack wisdom in trials? You ever not know how to respond? Okay, about 20 of you. We're doing good as a church. We're good. We're doing good. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives it all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. God wants you to pray. God wants you to ask how to get out of it. God wants you to, you, God wants you to ask, how, how, how do I respond in this? God, what is your plan for me? And don't just, just, just ask real quickly, you know, once you're in the shower, whatever you do, what, I mean, in, in your place where you just kind of throw up a, a quick thing. I mean, God wants you to talk to him. And sometimes he wants you to cry out to him and seek him and search him. And, and, and really, maybe that's all he's trying to accomplish is he wants you to rely on him on a daily basis in prayer. But God wants you to speak to him and ask. It says in Scripture, whenever you ask and cry out, he will share with you. I, I, I don't want to take the time to go into all the detail, but I, just, I, just, I'm, I'm tr- I try to be transparent with you, man. I, sometimes I have dry spells spiritually, okay? And I just get tired physically, and I get worn out. I had one of those times very recently. And I, I was just getting kind of tired and stressed, and, and some of it's because of the, you know, the, the way I, I do things, maybe out of whack and how I work and stuff. And I thought, God, I just need some answers. I just need, I'm just, I'm just, just, just been praying and crying out. And man, I, I want to tell you, this morning in a devotion that I haven't picked up in a while, I usually was doing another one. I mean, God just screamed out loud and clear exactly what I need to hear. And then I'm sitting here in the sanctuary doing some preparation. I overhear a conversation. The, God is speaking to me again exactly what I need to hear. But you know what? It's, it's because I've been crying out and asking. He would have told me a month ago when I first started getting tired and worn out. We have to ask him. He says, ask and he will give you wisdom. Also, Psalm uh, 119, uh, verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on 
my path. He wants you to pray and seek wisdom that way. He wants you to seek wisdom in the Scripture. Now, again, I want to caution. Don't just open your Bible up and read Every time you go through a trial, I'm hoping God wants to get, get you to the point where you're doing that on a consistent basis. And sometimes it'll preempt the severity of the trial. Don't worry about it, Norma. It's all good. He, he, you know, he wants to prevent the severity of the trial. Because we're going to see here, Abram, what ha- almost happened to him. And God doesn't want the worst from you. I promise. We see this blessing. He tells Abram. He doesn't want the worst for Abram. He wants the best. He wants something great for his glory. God's glory. Not Abram's. But he, it's going to be good. But he wants you to be continually seeking him out in Scripture. And then Proverbs eleven fourteen: Without guidance, the people will fail. But with many counselors, there is deliverance. And the New Testament makes it clear. We are the body of Christ. God wants you to have wise biblical counsel in your life. He wants to provide you with a faith family to do that, brothers and sisters in Christ, to to talk to, to to ask. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of the problems, the answers you need, they're, they're, they're solved and answered just amongst ourselves when we share our lives together. You know, sometimes just talking it out. Or sometimes a friend that's going to be honest with you and not just tell you it's all going to be okay. Sometimes we need a friend saying, you're being an idiot and you need help. Let me help you, someone that you can trust, and know that they're not after you, because they love you. Guys, it's here, praying, Scripture, believers. I mean, it's, it's, it's here for the taking. You know, because of Abram's lack of faith in God and his promises. I mean, God told him that, I'm going to give you this land. He said, I'm going to, you know, your adversaries are your friends. They're going to be blessed because of it, and I'm going to make you a huge blessing. Abram... Didn't didn't he knew he knew it, but he, he didn't trust it, you know. And and a big outcome here is God does show his grace even in our failures. I mean, it was grace that God gave that plague to Pharaoh's court. He was not gonna let Sarah go through what she was fixing to have to go through. God had a plan, but he he let Pharaoh go, he let Abram go through this horrible experience. I mean, Abram nearly lost his his wife. I don't know if you nearly washed, lost your spouse because of your sin. But it's nothing that any of you want to go through, okay? But God, it it almost happened. It came close, Um, all because he didn't he didn't trust, he didn't listen to the promises that God had given him. And and I think the personally, I mean, almost losing your wife is horrible. Uh, You know, I mean, you know, all this resource that came to him became a huge curse. That is horrible. But here's what I think is the worst thing that happened here as a result of his sin. And guys, in my opinion, because of what I know about my Jesus, it's the worst thing that I've done before in my life too. We see clearly that, that, that Abram gave a very poor accounting of who God is to a non-believer. I mean, Abram, Abram was... was, was God's messenger. Abram was God's prophet. Abram, you know, had, had left so much, and I'm sure the, the word had spread about who he was and what he was doing. We don't know the exact detail, but here's what Scripture says. 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 to 12. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. 
Guys, I don't want to bring shame to my family. I don't want to curse my children. But also, I don't want people to look at me claiming to be a follower of Jesus and see a man who tries to do life on his own and makes a mess of it. I want people to look at me and say, there's a man that can't do it on his own, and he's relying on God for anything and everything. I want people to be glorified. I want God to be glorified, not Ryan. I don't want to be remembered. I love that song that's out on the radio. You know, this isn't about me. I don't want to be remembered. I want God to be remembered in me. That, and that's, that's God's plan. So how do you respond to trials? How do you respond? Do you live out the good and the bad according to God's promises and his word? Or do you try to handle on your own? God's, God, you know what God wants from you. Let's respond the right way together. Father, Lord, I am grateful for your amazing design, Father. Lord, not, not just the creativity, Father, that you give your people to be used for your glory. Father, not, not just, Lord, for the amazing blessing of a family you've given me, how it's so uh, beautiful. I'm so grateful for all that you've given me. But, Father, your design, Father, oh, Lord, not, not just my exterior, but, Father, how to work out your will in my life, Father. Thank you for putting me through the mill. God, thank you for not being satisfied with your child that you will tolerate sin and tolerate, Lord, me bringing shame on your name, Father. And I pray, God, for the sin that I know of in myself. Now, God, would you please put me through more of the meal? Father, I want to invite trial. I want to invite temptation, Father, because, God, I know your plan for it. Father, I don't want to shrink and run and try to make pain go away. Father, I ask, Lord, because of your love and your sacrifice for me, would you make me the man you have called me to be? And Father, I pray, God, this morning, there are others here that are saying, that is where I want to be. I don't just want a great slogan, but I want to live according to your word. Father, if, if there are brothers and sisters in Christ here this morning that say, I need to go through the meal. Father, I pray, God, that you would be generous with your work. Father, Lord, not too painful, only what we need. But Father, bring it. Bring out what you need in our lives. Father, there's many of us in here, Father, that are going to need your resource from heaven to deal with it. In prayer, in your word. Father, through one another in this church, God, prepare us and supply us with all that we need. But for those that are in here that are saying, I know the place to start needing your will, God, is I need a relationship with you, Father. To know that I am your child because you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. If there's someone in this room that does not have a relationship with Jesus, that have, has never made a, a commitment to follow you and you alone for all eternity, God, through your son Jesus, Father, I believe that that means they don't have salvation. If there's folks here that aren't sure about that truth, God, I pray that you lead them to respond this morning. But Father, I pray that their response in this time of invitation, Father, wouldn't be an invitation to my words or to a great song, but God, it'd be an invitation from you, Holy Spirit, speaking to us. Maybe in the middle of the trial that you're allowing us to experience right where we sit. Lord, help us to respond now. Stand on your feet. If God's called you to respond in prayer, if God's called you to respond by coming and asking for prayer or to kneel at this altar or to talk about what it means to really follow Jesus, 
Don't leave here if God is calling you this morning. We'll sing the song a few times, praying and begging God to move in this place for, your, for his glory, but for your benefit. And we'll be done. Lead us, John. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord nothing worth more there's nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence Tasted and seen of the sweetness of love's where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Oh, your presence, Lord, and Holy Spirit, you are. place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Father, we give you praise, Father, Lord, for your presence, God, just as much as we give you praise for the trials. God, I do ask, Lord, that Father, as we go, Lord, into Lord, a, a great week of, of ministry, a great week, Father, of, of I know, a very busy activity and work, Father, especially as the season, Lord, spins up again here in Mason. God, I pray, Father, that we, Father, would not live for our circumstances, 
Father, not live, Father, for what we just get and receive here, but God, we would understand our place. And Lord, in the trials, God, is to give you glory, to live for your kingdom, Father. Lord, help us to have that perspective. But Father, Lord, give help. Lord, respond uh, through us as we help one another, God. Lord, allow us to be, Father, effective for you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to remind our deacons and pastors, we've got a meal and a training right afterwards. And looking forward to visiting with you guys uh, after the service. Got any questions about stuff going on? Hit me up. We'll have a song and we'll be out.